Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, it's going to be a pretty fun one. I'm excited for it. Going to be talking about a little news, some pretty big um, Activision CDL news came out today. Going to talk about that. And then Brock and I are going to offer our win conditions for every single team as we head into champs. So basically, what we believe needs to happen for this team to have a chance to hoist the hardware at the end of our champs weekend. We're going to wait till next week to do our predictions. We're waiting until that last week of the tournament to do our full bracket predictions, give ourselves a little more time to sit on it and think, kind of go through our thought process a little bit today as we announce those win conditions. And then we're going to wrap it up with a player tier list. We're going to rank all 32 players from A or from S down to C tier. Um, as we head into champs where we think those players are at going in, maybe give you an insight as to where we're thinking um, for teams headed in. Because obviously, if we're ranking a lot of their players high, we probably think they're potentially going to make a run. So we got a packed episode. Excited to get into all that. Got some more stuff to talk about um, before we do the news. But if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. Like I said, I got a little bit more to talk about before we full dive into the episode, but let's check in on Brock first. Brock, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Monday, you know, one more week until we head to champs, basically, which I'm very excited for. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. I am extremely excited to go back to champs. My first time since 2019, since before we even thought about COVID as a thing in our brains. Mm-hmm. that was the last time i was at champs so i'm extremely excited to get back um it's gonna be a fun time but uh before we jump into the video we haven't been on the mic i haven't you haven't been on the mic since we hit a thousand subs on youtube um that happened i think just after i uploaded the little solo mini pod about snoopy mm-hmm. joining boston so um we're just over a thousand subs now at this point um I posted something on Twitter, pretty long messaging on like the YouTube um, like feed app since we have access to that now. But we want to thank you all for a thousand subscribers. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of different steps in the journey. For a while, it was me by myself in my college apartment, um, in a couple different apartments, mm-hmm. doing the podcast through like MW, and then um, I was almost ready to be done in some ways. And then there was a random dude commenting on a lot of the videos named Kyle. Um, and he messaged me on Twitter one day and I said, screw it, let's try this. Um, so I never knew Kyle at all before. And then I randomly met him through the comment section and started doing the podcast with him for months, basically shoot all of cold war or most of cold war. And then like the first half of Vanguard until Kyle's life got a little bit crazy, but shout out to Kyle. He was a huge part of it. And then obviously it had soul for a little bit longer until Brock's PC came in and then Brock joined us. So it's been a, a journey multiple co-hosts um and here we are brock is here i think we're gonna be making a run for a long time but we want to thank you all for a thousand subs it's kind of hard to believe um it's pretty hard it's a it's a hard thing to do i won't say pretty hard it's a very hard thing to do because a lot of people start youtube channels and you know maybe either just lose a motivation to do it because it's a lot of work um or you're just not seeing the momentum because it's hard to gain subscribers so fact that a thousand of you felt compelled enough to listen to what us two idiots have to say about the cdl um to hit subscribe is a pretty cool thing so we want to thank you all for that yeah thank you for the support even though i've haven't been here for just what just over six months maybe but support's been crazy yeah and like i said a thousand subscribers was not something i had in mind when i started recording the episodes during mw it was just something that 
I mentioned it a few times and it seems like each milestone we hit, I mentioned it and I'm like, you know what? I really just started it to maybe hope to gain 50, 100 subscribers that just have like a mini community I could start a Discord with and like talk hot. And then all of a sudden, um, mm-hmm. we had a couple random early videos in MW where I'd gained like 75 subscribers randomly. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm at yeah. 150 subs and then I'm at 300 and then Kyle joins them at 400. Then all of a sudden I'm at 500 and 600. And then all of a sudden now we're at a K and it's like, all right, got a little momentum rolling here. And at this point now, I just really enjoy, uh, really enjoy making the pods and I'm kind of looking for ways that we can keep improving it and we've got a pretty extended off season coming up. I mean, season ends here in just two or three weeks. Then we probably yep. have an off season until November at the very least. Probably December, maybe even January. We might have a five, six, seven month off season. So we're definitely going to be looking for ways to improve it and keep getting better because uh, a thousand subscribers is a really cool goal to hit, but definitely not where we are, uh, where we want to end. We got big plans for where we want to be. And um, shoot, maybe one day we could be uh, in the venue watch party. That would be the ultimate goal, huh? Yeah, damn, that'd be so lit. <laughs> yeah, but obviously we've got. A very, 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 very yeah. long way to go until that, but we appreciate all the support, seriously. So without further ado, let's jump into it, but we don't want to just gloss over the fact that we hit that big milestone and not uh, give some thanks for all of you that are the reason that it's hit. Because all we're doing is putting out the podcast. You guys are the ones that are listening and showing the support, so we appreciate it. Um, we got a lot of news to talk about, though, Brock. Some pretty big um, like league news, as it mm-hmm. goes, came out just today here on Monday. Started with the Overwatch League, and the second I saw it, I knew it had to have CDL implications, because obviously, for those of you that don't know, the Overwatch League, also an Activision game, um, a franchise league run by Activision, and a lot of the owners, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but at least some, like the team that we're going to talk about here, Toronto Defiant, our same parent company as Ultra. I can't. I think Atlanta also, the phase has Atlanta Reign, I believe they're associated together. I believe so. Uh, I believe there's a few other teams. I think Paris and Vegas are actually... Uh, yep. What is it? Is it the Vegas Eternal or the Paris yeah. Eternal? I think it's the Vegas Eternal. Yeah, they did move to Vegas too. Yeah. I know they're the same parent company. I want to say London, maybe. I don't know if this is London uh, Spitfire. I don't know if they're associated or not, but I, I for some reason thought they were. I don't know. I, I don't know too many of them, but I know there are at least some that are associated. Yeah. Uh, like the I same don't know parent company. Is, but. I know you obviously know more about the Overwatch League than I do. Um, but yeah, there's uh, a little bit of a settlement that came on today. So the exact quote from Deserto um, is that Toronto Defiant reached an agreement with Overwatch League to eliminate entry fees. Um, quote, the value of this agreement, which includes early payment of league revenue share, the sponsorship agreement, and the elimination of entry fees is valued at about $10.8 million Canadian dollars, uh, most of which will be recorded in the 2023 fiscal year. So it's going to happen pretty immediately if it's happening in the 2023 fiscal year. Um, it says they also get early payment of league revenue share. So I'm wondering if um, maybe there's like a certain scheduled payout for like the revenue share of I'm assuming that's like in-game skins or merchandise. Mm-hmm, um, like I believe the NFL does that with ticket sales. Where like all the ticket sales are added up and then there's like a revenue split. So probably something similar to that with different uh, like revenue streams they have for the Overwatch League. And it sounds like they're getting an early payment. Must be getting some extra money from sponsorship agreements they have with the league. And then the elimination of their entry fees, all valued at almost $11 million Canadian. Um, so that's pretty insane. The biggest thing there that we can take away, Brock, is the elimination of entry fees. Yes. 
DeSerto also reported that CDL teams could potentially have all their outstanding entry fees waived, um, which in some ways, like everybody wants to say, it's instantly a huge positive. There are some definitely some backlashes to it, um, which we can talk about in a little bit, but potentially a huge thing for the CDL because a lot of their payments were frozen basically right away because the league started basically in 2020 when COVID hit. And yep. then um, a lot of the the league fees were waived, franchise fees. I don't believe they started paying again until like this year. So they haven't really paid much at all, potentially. Like maybe 20 of the 25 million could potentially still be out there for a lot of those teams that they have to pay. So yep. if that's waived, that takes a lot of stress off the books of those teams. And we could be looking at something very big, maybe potentially no entry fees to get into the league in the future. Instead, they just have like an application process, like I believe League of Legends does, which could be massive because that could potentially mean expansion and mm-hmm. the path to it becomes easier. Yep. Be a W if that happens. And we all know with uh, with some leagues, some esports, you know, maybe if they're more in their infancy or they're younger, they don't have the capacity to expand or maybe the community. But we, however, do know for a fact that we could probably double the teams in the CDL. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. have a healthy ecosystem. We could for sure add four to make it 16, which 16 was the number of teams in the league uh, in the CWL and BO4. And seemed like a pretty good number. The perfect thing that 16 does, I mean, I know you know what I'm going to say, but pool play. Yep. 16 gives you the perfect amount for four pools of four where you can do like a round robin in their pool. And then, you know, the top two teams make it out. And then you go into an eight team double elimination winner's bracket from there where like the first seed from pool a plays the second seed from pool B and you know, vice versa. And then we have an eight team elimination bracket, but you just get so much more matches, so much less flukiness. It is just so much better. So hopefully this cuts the barrier of entry for the CDL and we get expansion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot of good players that could go on a CDL team with expansion. Oh, so many. I mean, four teams wouldn't even, do it justice we'd still have players that are probably getting left out that you'd be like man i can't believe that guy is not in the league you'd have people Mm -hmm. still left out at that point yeah it would be something very crazy um i'm extremely excited at this possibility though because obviously everybody knows me everyone you brock everyone wants expansion yeah it also comes at a cost though you know for the people that are very excited just know that if this happens in my mind, there's a very big likelihood that that means the CDL would be signing an exclusive contract with YouTube. Yeah, get that guaranteed money. Big money. I mean, yeah, because you got to think. Let's let's even say the each franchise does know 20 million yet. They let's say they even know 15 million of their 25 in entry fees. You got to think that's 12 teams. Yeah, still a lot left. <laughs> a lot of money. 12 teams that each owe 15 million. You're talking a lot of money, well over a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking a lot of money, and that they were planning to get that they all of a sudden just poof don't get. So they're going to need some probably guaranteed money flowing into the league. And what's one quick way to get guaranteed money is sponsorship deals and an exclusivity deal. Uh, YouTube would probably pay them a lot of money for that, and then they would probably take that immediate money to help with the short term, um, short term health of the league in that aspect. So something interesting there. Yep. Um, I'm excited, though, for the potential of expansion. We'll see what else happens with the health of the league. But um, Yep, we'll see. 
certainly falls into question. Obviously, I feel a little bit better about the health of Call of Duty than Overwatch because Call of Duty just has so much more of a rich history in esports mm-hmm. and such a a background and a following. Whereas Overwatch kind of just tried to jump into esports pretty early with their game, maybe when um, it wasn't ready. And obviously, Overwatch doesn't have nearly the history that Call of Duty does in general as a game, just because it's a lot newer of a game. Yep. All right. Our last piece of news. I already talked about it a little bit on the pod, but we obviously didn't get a chance to hear your thoughts on it. And we can hear them obviously more next week and maybe a little bit more as we talk about um, our win conditions for each team. But we never got to hear you, Brock, talk about um, talk about Snoopy headed to Boston. Ooh, that's right. I want to hear your, your thoughts on that. Just general thoughts. Like, do you like the move? Do you not like it? What are you thinking uh, if you're Snoopy right now? Going through your head? Ah oh, man, playing against Optic first match for CDL match—that's a little scary in itself. Yeah, not only your first match. This isn't just an online match either. So it is it's champs. This is LAN in front of apparently the biggest crowd that has ever been sold for a Call of Duty event. Um, mm-hmm. not only is it champs, it's also you're playing the Green Wall at champs. Yeah. And from what we heard from Doug, he's a—he's uh, obviously an 18-year-old, but Doug. Like said, he's like a young 18 year old where, you know, maybe I believe he just moved here from Mexico or like grew up in Mexico or something like that. And I think, yeah, not too long ago, I think he moved. Yeah. And Doug said he's like a young 18 year old, like obviously like maybe just moved out of his parents house for the first time. Um, I mean, shoot, if he just moved from Mexico, if that's actually true, he's in a new country, living mm-hmm. in a new country for the first time after just moving out of your parents house. That's a scary time in life. Huh. Yeah, living in a new country. Um, and you're like just freshly out of your house. It's your first time ever being away from your parents. Uh, obviously, at 18, I don't believe you went to college or anything. So, move straight from your parents to a different country. To all of a sudden, you're on a pro team in like no time, and you're playing against the Green Wall. Your first ever match in the CDL uh, at Champs. It's a crazy whirlwind. That's a lot for a young kid to handle. Mm-hmm. Definitely, There'll be some nerves there. I would be that I would think there's something wrong with him if there's not any nerves there. Yeah. He's stone cold. <laughs> I want to know though. I want to know like what your thoughts are on a lot of people are being like, "Oh my god, they're setting him up for failure. They're setting him up for failure. He's got to play Optic in his first mm-hmm. match." And I kind of believe that this is almost a win-win for him in a way. There's obviously a way he can lose. If he goes out there and drops a point two, he just yeah. absolutely world star. Obviously that's a loss for him. Like it's going to be hard for people to get over that, but You've got a guy like Doug who has a lot of influence because he's a popular figure in the scene gassing up Snoopy like crazy, um, saying like he's the next Shotzi. He's incredible, which like that is high praise to throw on a kid and a lot of pressure to throw on a kid, first of all. Yeah. So he's the next Shotzi, but he's going to have a lot of eyes on him because he's playing Optic. In my opinion, it's almost a, a win-win because like if he goes out there, uh, like I said, unless he drops like a point two, if he goes out there and he has like even a point nine, but he has flashes and, you know, they, they win a map or two. It's like, eh, he played okay. He played fine. He had no time to practice. He just got chucked into the team. It's his first LAN ever. And, you know, he played okay against Optic. He held his own. Team held their own. You just kind of like, yeah, you know, good showing from him. He doesn't negatively affect his stock. But also at the same time, let's say he goes out there and drops a 1.2 and they beat Optic in the first round. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's the man. He's a savior. Mm-hmm. Literally. I don't really think there's that much of a loss potential here. Obviously, like I said, if he gets world starred, there's some loss potential, but I even think if he get, drops like a 0.7, people might be like, you know what? He was under practice, a lot of pressure for his first event. Give him a pass. 
for how talented he is. Yeah, that's why I feel like if he does like go out there and he just does have like a stinker, like point five, point six around there, I feel like you can't really weigh it too much since he just got thrown in, like you said, and it's champ somewhere. Yeah, there are some people that don't feel that way, but I fully agree with you. I also think like, oh man, it's it's tough, but there's also people like saying like for his career's sake, uh, like. You know, he should have just said no to the opportunity. He should have, like, stayed in challenges. You are wild. You are out of your mind if you think that. You don't say no to that. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, with apparently, with the talent that this kid has, apparently the chance was probably coming sooner rather than later, maybe even to start early next year. The Mm -hmm. chance potentially coming. But you also got to think of it from his perspective. Like like I said, 18-year-old kid just moved to the U.S. probably for the first time. Um probably i would assume doesn't have the most money in the world since he's an 18 year old kid he doesn't really have like a a career right now he's just grinding out challengers i'm assuming he's not making the craziest amount of money um and he gets offered like a couple weeks of cdl contract a chance to play for hundreds of thousands of dollars uh like dude you know this is his chance to like make it in the league and he lands on a situation where he's going to be showcased in front of the hundreds of thousands of fans. Like from his perspective, you, you got to take this crack at changing your life. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So what he's been working for to get yeah. a shot in the league. <laughs> and, and, if now it. and if you're scared to take that shot, then maybe you shouldn't be going for the league. Like maybe that yeah. should be your goal. Yeah. Maybe like, you should. Yeah. So there are people that are saying like, Oh, you should have, you know, maybe just waited. You're crazy. If you think that like he should have mm-hmm. jumped at this opportunity and he did it. And, I'm happy for the kid he, from everything like I've heard from Doug. I obviously don't know much about him, but it sounds like he's a really good kid. Sounds like he has crazy talent, so I'm excited to see it. Also, though, if you're Optic, are you a little pissed? I feel like this is kind of BS that they can sub him in, and so does pretty much everybody in the community. It seems very odd they can just sub him in when he doesn't really seem like he was actually signed as a substitute. He was just like on the academy team. Yeah. I think definitely a whirlwind for Optic since they have no clue who this guy really even is because I... Uh, not much of odd, but yeah, it seems seems weird to me. Yeah, but I do. I'd actually I like the I like the move overall because like with Vivid, they're definitely not gonna win. But somehow if this stupid guy is the real deal. He could come out, drop a one point three, they get farther than maybe Dude, from top three, top four. From what I'm hearing in the community though, and like listening to different podcasts like the Flank and stuff, people are so against this. And I get from like a perspective of like fairness and like league rules, I'm 100% against too. I don't think it should be a thing. I don't think he should be able to be subbed in mm-hmm. since I don't think he was officially a substitute. It seems like a really weird loophole to me. But I'm 100% on board with you. I love the move. Le- you're telling me that if anybody out there listening, you're telling me that you're looking at this team and with Vivid uh, or with Nero or Kremp or any of those players in there, any combination of the players they already had, you're telling me you sitting back, you think this team can win champs. <laughs> with every iteration of their roster in their 190 points they got they got 140 of them online and 50 on land 50 yeah. on land equates to about one win per land exactly they mm-hmm. average one win per land with 12 teams which means that's an average of about a top eight placing yeah there are eight teams at champs you're telling me that you believe that this team that barely squeaked into champs got top 12 hasn't had a good finish in a long time with any of their iterations could win I'm not saying they're going to win with Snoopy. I don't think they're going to win with Snoopy. I still think they might get double first rounded. But, I mean, at least they're going for the Hail Mary. You're not going to win with any of your rosters. You might as well go for the Hail Mary. 
Yeah, it's just like the unknown they have with Snoopy compared to Windable, you know, what Vivid. Yeah. I mean, you want to swing safe and like maybe get a top four as your best hope with your old roster? Or do you want to swing for the ultimate upside that could maybe get you to a top three, you know, something like that? I mean, all likelihood mm-hmm. they still get a top eight and they get last. Swing yeah. for the fences. I mean, I'm I'm fully on board with that. Yeah, definitely. Who knows? This could be freaking simp from BO4. <laughs> exactly. He could he could all of a sudden come in. I mean, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's not gonna be simp from BO4, and they're not gonna win the event. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is tough to do, though. <laughs> but like like you said, I can't see this team doing any better than maybe winning a match. Yeah. So why not go for the home run? And maybe it doesn't pay off. Maybe he drops a point six, and maybe you don't win a map. But I'm going to be honest, I don't think anybody's going to be like, man, you know, what if Breach kept Vivid in? Mm-hmm. On the same token, though, our fellow Wisconsinite, Vivid, I do feel bad for him. That really sucks to grind out like the whole year, play the mm-hmm. whole year for your team and then get benched for champs. That sucks. I feel bad for Vivid. Yeah, gets gets benched one time, comes, comes back, he's like, I'm going to champs, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whether you like the player or not, to basically, I mean, he didn't play technically the whole year, but to basically play the entire year, earn your team's spot at champs, help earn it. And then they're like, yeah, actually, you're not playing a champs. That sucks. Yeah. Gotta feel vivid. Yeah, that really sucks. Um, yeah. That's it, though. That's all we got for news. Maybe spend a little more time, but had a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. That We were about 20 minutes in. We're going to breeze through this quick, and then so we can give ourselves more time for the, um, for the player tier list. So next thing we're going to do here is the win conditions for every team. So basically, like, a quick note of what me and Brock believe needs to happen for each team in order for them to win champs. We are by no means saying we think this will happen. Um, it's just like, if this thing happens, that's how this team would win. Or like, this needs to happen in order for this team to be able to make that run and win. So like for some teams, like I think Brock and I agree before the podcast, we have our teams grouped into two groups, our contenders, um, which maybe are not all on the same level, but we're the teams that like, you can realistically pick to win the event, which is Atlanta, LAT, NYSL, Optic, and Toronto. And then yep. we have our kind of dark horse long shots, which are Boston, Minnesota, and Seattle. So for Boston, Minnesota, and Seattle, our, our win conditions for them might be a little bit more extreme because we don't believe they have a real chance. And then for the other five, it might be more specific and maybe not as extreme because those are like five teams that everybody's viewing as a contender. So. Let's jump into it, Brock. Let's start with our extreme ones. Let's start with our three, like, quote-unquote, dark horses or teams that are long shots. Uh, let's go with Boston first. Your right. win condition. What needs to happen for Boston to win champs? My win condition for Boston is, I wrote down, have Snoopy and Kremp pull a page out of Seattle's playbook and go full Kobe and Shaq on them somehow, if, if, that, if they're not good, because they are talented individually. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, Beans and Wake, you know, they're doing the thing. They're all individually talented. And I said, play a little bit less structured and like more loose around the map. Just running around getting kills. Yeah. Yeah, I have something pretty similar because, I mean, like we said, Boston are one of our bottom three teams in terms of what we believe. I think everybody out there has Boston, Minnesota, and Seattle as their bottom three, like, dark horses. And I think everybody has it as mostly a five-team race at champs out there. Yeah. I mean, are we saying that there's 0% chance that Seattle, Minnesota, or Boston can win? No. There's obviously always a chance that one of them could get hot this coming or a couple weeks from now and win it. But they're definitely the three long shots. And I agree. I said 
My win condition for Boston. Snoopy has the debut of a lifetime. Um, Snoopy and Kremp have to have a heavy slaying performance to take the burden off their ARs. It's felt like a lot of times, whether it was with Nero or, you know, with Vivid or Kremp and whatever iteration of subs they've had on this roster since they've had Beans and Wake on the ARs, it has seemed like Beans and Wake have been somewhat consistent. Now, don't get me wrong. They've also had their consistency issues. But slaying-wise, it seems like a lot of times you look down and Vivid's 10 and 25 or Kremp's 9 and 26, and they're like both really struggling. One of them is struggling on a map, and yep. the ARs are slaying okay. I think you got to keep your ARs consistent, but then Snoopy and Kremp, like you said, I think they're going to have to go crazy, 1.15 plus. And I think they're also going to have to do it through S&D. They're going to have to have those guys going crazy, but like... We've seen Beans have flashes of being a very good search player. We've seen Awakening at times be a very good search player. Now you've got two cracked SMGs that can go run up and get you bloods. I think the subs are going to have to go crazy for this team, and I think that um, they're going to have to have an incredible search run to win it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Minnesota, one of our other long shot teams, as we call them. I can go first on this one. Pretty simple for me. I said, in order for them to win, Cold War Cami's got to show up. We're talking <laughs> 1.2 plus Cami. He's got to be in MVP. Attach brings his ice and translates it to all the other players in the team, and they are just the most clutch team. And I said, I think they're going to have to have an EG World War II style teamwork type of event. Um, okay. And if, for those of you that aren't too familiar with EG World War II, this team honestly doesn't really remind me of them that much. I don't think the the team structure is that similar. But the reason I say the EG World War II style run for them is I think this is a team that with guys like Attach, I think they have a pretty smart team. Fame seems to be a pretty smart guy. Bance, a veteran of the scene, very smart in game. Cami seems to have a pretty good grasp on what's going on. This is a team I could see just putting in hours and hours and hours just studying, finding out their strengths, maybe coming to champs with weird vetoes. I think like for this team to win, they got to get weird. They got to have like a weird veto that like their vetoes are completely changed. Teams are not used to it. And maybe teams go in. I can't think of what it was, but like, I think it was like teams going into world war two champs always thought that EG sucked on Gibraltar hardpoint. I could be getting this completely wrong, but it was something like that. Or like, they always thought they sucked at Gibraltar hardpoint. And it was like, they would always purposely leave it in, but EG like secretly made it their best map or mm. something leading into champs and they were getting it in all their series and they ended up beating optic on it in that famous three Oh and stuff like that. Like Minnesota is going to get weird with their vetoes, like have crazy S and D strats out of the bag. And like, they're just gonna have to go on like a really weird, just homework based run. I feel like yeah, like the off meta maps, you would say kind of, yeah, and just, just bringing out search and destroy strats that nobody's used all year. Their map pool switches on people so they don't know what to veto and they can't adapt in time in the tournament. Just like a weird run. Um, And to be honest, they would have the potential bracket to do it because they don't have like the the triple stack of phase uh, ultra and thieves all on their side. Like they get Mm -hmm. New York team that can be up and down, although they are coming off a win and then, you know, potentially get an optic team that's been struggling and apparently has some health issues in the camp. So like, Maybe their side of the bracket's easier, but yeah, they're gonna have to get weird. I feel like to win. Yeah, I like it. Uh, for me, I did say I said Nicole Workami. If, if you don't get him, you're not winning. Yeah, and I, I I did say Bant and Fame need to hold their own on the subs. Like both, not one not go neg ten or the other one neg ten. You know, both like even or positive 
with each other and I said, you know, Atej got the ice, you know. He got he got the ice covered and I and then I said, probably we'll need to rely on S and D's to win it all. Realistically. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely a way that I can see them winning too. And gonna have to be like like I said, homework based in my opinion, because whew, they're not a great S and D team. Yeah. So they're really gonna have to make some improvements to become a great S and D team. But I agree that would be a definitely a formula for them to win. Seems like that's usually a formula for our teams that we don't view as as good. Mm-hmm. Like you got to dominate S and D because you're just trying to steal respawns. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they're been playing bad on purpose in S and D. Maybe yeah, that would be that would be the <laughs> ultimate strategy. Hey, we're gonna just act for the entire season like we suck at this game mode. Then at champs, we're gonna make it. And you know, we barely qualified for champs, but you know, we're there, right? No, I'm just kidding. we're here, and now we're gonna pull out all the good stops. Yeah, yeah. No, just, that, uh, that, uh, that would be the ultimate long con. It would be. Basically, almost, you know, not make champs because you're just, you know, playing the long game with SD and stuff. Yeah. Holding, you're holding all your strats so long, you don't even make champs. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah. Um, I do, I I do, like, the, I do like the uh, get weird on them. I mean, yeah, like, you know, you're not going to out-talent a lot of these teams. So just, just come here with a ton of your homework done. And I say they're not going to out-talent a lot of teams, but Fame's a good player. Attach mm-hmm. is a very good player. Bance is a very good player. Cammy's a good player. This team has talent. They're not going to get like absolutely dominated by other teams if they're on their A game. They can get dominated, like we've seen FaZe dominate them last week. Like, don't don't kid around. I'm not saying they got to get completely weird because like attach Cammy, Bance, and Fame. These players can shoot back. Yeah, they're not they're not burgers. They can shoot back. These are and you know what? When it comes down to it, if they're forced into game five, I don't hate my chances if I have attach and Bance on my team in a game five. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking at a team and I see attached pants on them game five, trying to ice up. Never going to count them out. Mm-hmm. All right. Our last team of those kind of dark horse long shot teams is Seattle. This one's pretty self-explanatory to me. It's Pred and Sib. Go full Shaq and Kobe. Drop dual 1.3s. Um, and then I think there's also a, another point to it. Even if Pred and Sib are going full Shaq and Kobe, Mac and Accuracy just can't throw up the stinkers they sometimes do. Yep. Can't have Mac going 7 and 24 on a hard point. Can't have accuracy doing the same. They've got to be consistently at like at least like a 0. 0.8, 0. 0.85. Have their games where they get, you know, closer to a 1, maybe a little above. Have their their frying games too, but like Prensive going to have to go full Shaq and Kobe especially on that tough side of the bracket and Mac and accuracy just you just can't be throwing up those awful games. Yeah. You, you got to at least it. be consistently decent. Yep. Literally, that's like what I had. I said, I have everyone playing playing well and confident together. Prentice is at 1.3, like you said. And, you know, maybe Max, the clutch-up guy for the champs in search. Yeah, and I guess the other thing, too, for this team, I didn't write it down, but it would definitely be, like, you've got to have some of the best teamwork at the event as well because you're the team that's been together for two years. I mean, they mm-hmm. are along with LAT, Unless, you know, Optics made changes, NYSL made changes, Minnesota did, uh, Boston obviously did, Thieves, or not Thieves, Face switched out their mains. So, like, yeah, you are, like, the longest tenure team at the event, yep. along with Thieves. So, like, your teamwork, you know, you've been together the longest of most of these teams. So Gotta come together. Yeah, I agree. All right. It's just so we can, in the stake of time, we're at about 30-something minutes, let's... Let's breeze through these teams, maybe not have as much discussion on them since I feel like more people know the win conditions of these teams. These are our better teams. We really believe have a good chance to win. Starting with Atlanta, 
Mine's pretty simple. Uh, I think it's probably what a lot of people have. To me, it's their S&D becomes dominant again. I think they figured out the respawn. The respawn was extremely good at this major five, um, but they've you know struggled in respawn most of the year. They got it figured out. Their S&D at one point, they were clearly the best team in the game at it. Um, got to get it back to where it was, and I, I believe they can. If they get their S&D back towards you know top of the pack, I think they're my favorite to win it all. Yeah. Definitely. Um, for me, I just had to clean, clean up the search and destroy. Mm-hmm. Hardpoint's doing good. And the, the Tiny Terrors, you know, playing together both on the same day, a whole weekend, will be the difference maker in the end. Yeah, if those two are both shooting well on the same day, pretty much always you know you're getting a good day out of Selium. Guy doesn't have off days. Mm-hmm. Um, and Slasher's, you know, maybe has his off days here and there, but he's going to be a pretty consistent player. Yeah. Um, so if Tiny Terrors are on, Really, honestly, no matter how the rest of their team are, is playing, the pressure they apply and how good they are at search, those two are on. They're a hard team to beat on any day. Yep. Why they're basically in every finals at all times. That's why. And also, like... those two have never missed the finals together at champs since Black yeah. Ops Four. They since they played together, they've been in every finals. So odds are probably going to be there again. That's just crazy to think about. <laughs> it's stupid. It's it's actually stupid. It's like um, the norm. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Man, if they get third, that is awful for them. It's their worst placement when, you know, third is actually a pretty good placement at champs. Yeah. Um, all right. LAT. Another pretty simple one to me. It's like seems cliche, but they got to find the champ size again. Kenny's got to be the MVP performance again. He just seems to be the guy that steps up in the big moments and on land. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Envoy's going to give you. We know what Draws is going to give you. Octane. They're all very good players, but I feel like Kenny is the only one. Like Envoy is a really, really, really good player. Uh, Draza is a really, really, really good player. Octane has it, but it's harder out of your main AR to like go full superstar and take over games. It's just harder for a main AR to have that impact. Um, to me, Kenny, when you're not including Octane between the three non-main AR players in this team, Kenny has the most, or maybe is the only one with the switch to be like a consistent MVP type player. He's got to bring that. And to me, they have to dominate and respawn. They're never going to be like a top tier search team, probably. So I think they got to come out. Kenny's got to be the MVP and they have to be the best hardpoint team and dominate all respawns. Mm-hmm. Dominant respawns, just grab a search here and there. Mm-hmm. That's basically literally what I have. I said have everyone back to playing well. Good respawns, having top tier teamwork, because that's what they're basically, you know, that's what I, was, I feel like they're known for, for, for me at least. Yeah. You know, the teamwork is, you know, especially last year in Vanguard. The listens seem so clean. Yeah, what with the human UAV octane people say. Yeah. And then I just said Kenny is a difference maker, like you said. Yeah, for these better teams, it's almost easier because like you know what works well for them. Mm-hmm. It, it's more for the the teams that are long shots that you got to come up with some crazy theory for because it's the only way they're winning. Yeah, but um, I do feel like though for LAT, like search is going to be like more reliant like on Draza, because he calls a stress. Oh yeah, a lot of time. Oh yeah, they're gonna have to, and obviously, they're. I said they're gonna have to be the best respawn team and rely on that. But I mean, they're obviously gonna have to win searches at some point as well. You can't just, uh, yeah, can't go through. I mean, I'm pretty sure if they were to make it to the grand final, if I'm thinking of it right, I think it's, I think it they add a hard point basically to the best of nine, and a search. So mm-hmm. I think it becomes four searches, three hard points, and. Two controls, I think it is. Yeah, because they had a hard point to search. So yeah, four searches, three hard points, two controls. So like, obviously, like, I guess if you win every respawn, you technically would win because that's five maps. But like, 
Odds are, if you're playing somebody in the finals, you're not going to be able to just win every respawn and win it. Probably going to get one taken off you. So it's been difficult to, to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Next team, NYSL. Once again, pretty easy. I feel like because they are the defending champs. You just saw the formula it takes for them to win. Mm-hmm. For me, though, you got to hit that extra gear for champs. Hydra has to be the MVP again. I mean, he is so crucial to this team. He's got to play like he did at Major Five. Yeah. Um, I think I can already trust the subs in this team. I feel like I know Kismet's going to apply that pressure and do his job well. And I feel like I can actually trust Hydra to be a pretty consistent MVP player. To me, comes down to Priesta and Skies bringing it consistently. We saw them kind of struggle in respawns at times, even in Major 5. I mean, let's face it. In that Grand Finals, three of their four map wins were Search and Destroy. Yeah. Um, they got heavily outslayed. So Priesta and Skies, you know, we can't have three out of Priesta again in that control. <laughs> They got to bring it consistently in the respawns because I can easily see this team getting too many respawns picked off them. And I really doubt if they play phase again in a final, they're going to take three S and D's. Yeah, that'd be a little difficult. Yeah, what you got for them? Uh, I said basically do what they did at major five, you know, a little more, you know, a little more. (sighs) What should I, how do I say it? Uh, Do what they did at major five, you know. Clutch up, clutch up, and up in the S and D's, and MVP Hydra, and like you said, Skies and Pista can't both have have off games really at the same time, or one of the other, one game or not. Yeah. Yep, I agree with everything you said. It just but comes I, down to consistency for them. But I do like out of Pista, he did drop three, but he did bounce back after that. Yeah. So he had the composure too. So I, I like that out of him. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on. We got two teams left. Optic, the next one. This one's maybe a little bit more difficult just because of the fact that, like, for our top contending teams, you've got Atlanta, who's, you know, coming off a second. Um, LAT, who's coming off a couple match wins, and, you know, they won it last year, so it's maybe a little easier to see. They recently won an event. NYSL's coming off a win, so we know their formula, and even Toronto is coming off a pretty consistently Good performance, uh, but Optic's coming off uh, not winning a single map. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen the good Optic here in a little bit like we have with these other teams. To me, though, Hook and Shotzi have got to get loose. Um, health plays a factor here because apparently what we're hearing, Kyler maybe has COVID. Uh, Ghosty's still extremely sick from the event. Apparently there might be a lot of health issues going on in the Optic cam. Maybe their practice isn't as good, but mm-hmm. um I think who can Shotzi have to get loose again? We need to see some more consistency out of Ghosty in the slaying department. I know he brings a ton in terms of communica- uh, communication and tangibles, but I'd like to not see him drop in like the random nine and 25 map. That seems to happen a little bit too often for him in hard point. Yeah. I get he's bringing a lot more to the team, but let's bring a little bit more to the team. while also maybe be in like 14 and 18 or something instead of nine and 25. Um, yeah. But last thing for them uh, for me is they've got to be the best hard point team again in the venue because when they were rolling it was through that we know they're inconsistent in control and in s and d they can also be hit or miss at times so got to be the best hard point team in the venue mm-hmm. yep and it'd be healthy because it seems like they're always getting they always someone gets sick around champs time <laughs> yeah from cold war to now covid has bit this team around champs yeah uh i said uh shotzi and hook with the pace pace setters you know we mostly know what they give Day in day out basis. Mm-hmm. Dan, like you said, not having much stinker maps and mm-hmm. good comps. OBJ. And I just, 
I want BO4 Dashi. If he brings it, they're going to win it. I think he's, he is a difference maker, in that, for me at least. Yeah. He definitely is. He's going to have to come out. Somebody, in my opinion, like a Dashi or a Shotzi, is going to have to come out and be um, a 1.3 type event. Yeah. And really like go through a hard carry type uh, situation. But like, yeah, I, I agree. They're going to... They're a little bit harder to pinpoint, though, just because of how bad they looked at Major 5, so it doesn't seem like you've recently seen that good side of them, so they're a little bit harder to pinpoint for me, at least. Yeah. All right. Our last team, Toronto. For me, it's consistent slaying from your role players, um, your role players being Insight and Hixie. Uh, you got to win off the back of that control mode, too. I've said there are certain yep. teams that need to be really good at hardpoint, certain teams that need to be really good at search. I think they've got to just basically be undefeated in control on the weekend, because I, there's been a lot of points where Toronto looks like our best um, our best team. Also, I think a win condition for Toronto is make people in scrims believe go dumb hard when you're playing respawns on uh, Fortress, uh, on Expo, on uh, Asilo Control, on uh, other game modes, uh, Hardpoint on Fortress, Hardpoint on... Uh, I'm like blanking on maps right now. Hotel? No, anything but hotel. I want them to become godlike. At, yeah, I want them to become godlike at Expo and Asilo Control, uh, Mercado, Fortress, um, HP. I want you to become like gods at every game mode in scrims that isn't hotel respawn. So mm-hmm. teams are tricked into playing you on hotel because your your other goal should be to somehow work hotel into the map pool like every chance you get because aside from New York, like teams can't beat this team on hotel control, basically, and they're also very good at hotel hard points. So, like, yeah, somehow convince teams you're really good at other maps and just like throw at hotel con- uh, control and hard point so that teams want to play you in it because they are dominant at that map. It's like just like don't even play hotel for a scrim, <laughs> yeah, <figure two. laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I said, uh, for my for me. The role players, like you said, Kleenex and Hixie need to provide the pace and, you know, not always have the, the bad end of the maps. So also, be consistent. Scrappy, you know, do his thing, 1.2, 1.3, and uh, Insight, Icy, in the S&Ds. And also said yeah. their control needs to be got tier if they want to yeah. win still. And you know what? It always ends up being that way. Whatever that map three, that game three, most times our team that ends up winning it all had a very good event in map three. It always mm-hmm. seems to go that way. Obviously, like the team that wins the event is always going to look pretty good in every game mode, most likely. But they always seem to have like a dominant. Like we're saying, if they played like five controls, they're like four and one, five and zero oh in control. Yeah, it seems like a lot of times they dominate that map three swing mode. Whoever ends up winning. Yeah, you just know they're not like, always, but most times. Yeah, definitely. So looking forward to seeing which one of these teams ends up winning. We're going to hold off our predictions. We're still giving ourselves time to marinate but maybe you got a little bit of insight into what our, our thought process is for each of these teams where we're leaning what we're thinking they have to do to win but that's gonna do it for the first part we're gonna just do a quick transition um gonna be a longer episode we're about 40 minutes in gonna be a quick transition over to our tier list and we're gonna jump into that so we'll be back in a second um with the champs players tier list all right we're back we've got the tier list on the screen here as you can see uh it's just the 32 players for champs obviously don't have too much to say about the players that aren't qualified anymore. They're kind of out of our mind, um, out of sight, out of mind for the year. But we've got the players here on the screen. As you can see by the tiers, we're going to be putting six players in S, 
10 in A, 10 in B, and 6 in C. We decided only to go on to C now because, I mean, these are the 32 players that qualified. 16 players got cut out of the running for champs. So, I mean, it's hard to put players too far down in D. We were looking at the list and we're like, man, it's going to be hard to put a lot of these players down in C because they were obviously good enough to qualify for champs. So there aren't too many, you know, burgers here, uh, yeah, champs, yeah. but they're kind of just in a random order. And we do the set number, so we can't just end up throwing everybody in A, everybody in B. We're forced to put certain people in C. So, you know, maybe we don't even think there's six C-tier players here, but we're forcing ourselves to only do six guys in S, only 10 in A, only 10 in B, and only six in C. So don't get mad in the comments if you think there's nine S-tier players. We are saying we literally cannot put more than six up there in the S-tier. So speaking of S-tier, Brock... The first guy we've got to rank is Selium. Do you object to putting him in S tier? I'm assuming no. Nope. Put him <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, we did hear a recent controversy of Nadeshot talking about Selium, uh, saying, you know, maybe there's something wrong with his gameplay if he's dropping 1.3s and they consistently are losing the map. Obviously, that was a little bit of an anomaly with the finals because they basically won every respawn. They lost three search and destroy. So, of course, when you're winning every respawn, your KDs are probably going to look a lot better than the team you beat, mm-hmm. the team that you lost to when you lose all searches, basically. Um, Selium drops like the top KD at every event for a reason. We always say KD isn't everything, but when you're consistently number one year over year, it's hard to deny you, and Selium is an incredible player that brings a lot to a team. He is the reason they forced a map seven in the final of Major 5. It, uh, it went incredible in that last round. Um, also, for our criteria, we're not projecting. So, like, let's say Brock is uh, out of his mind and he believes that Boston Breach are going to win champs because Snoopy is going to win MVP. We're not going to put Snoopy in S tier. We're not projecting forward. We're saying, like, where we believe they're at right now, kind of over the last, like, major or two, like the last month or two, where we believe these players are at right now as we head into champs. So not too much, like, future predicting, really. Yeah. Um, speaking of him, I, I mentioned him kind of funny. He actually is next. Snoopy. Snoopy's our next player. We kind of talked before the podcast, Brock. We have a default place for Snoopy. Yeah, we got to put him in C for now since he's never played a yeah. match in the league. Yeah. <laughs> and truly, I believe Snoopy, by the end of this event, with a good performance, you could look at him as like an A-tier player, like in terms of how everybody performed at the event. But like we said, we're not projecting too much how we're more going on their current form. And it's obviously very hard to put Snoopy above or you know, in a certain spot on the list in B tier or something when we haven't seen him play a single match. So kind of by default, he has to go in C tier since we're ranking him on their, their, you know, performance over the recent stages mm-hmm. um, where we feel they're at now. And we haven't seen him play a single CDL match ever. So by default, he's going in C, yep. but kind of makes it easier for us to have more guys to put in C. Um, Next guy up, Mr. Dylan Envoy. Now Ooh. we get into more tough territory. We had a guy that was defaulted into C and then the guy that's basically defaulted into S. We've got Dylan Envoy of the LA Thieves, who had a little bit of a rough stage last stage. I think Mr. Envoy is a good B player right now. I agree. I think that's not a bad spot for him. I think he's one of those players, though, that we'll look at if LA Thieves win the event, and we'll be like, man, we were idiots for putting that guy in B. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we're not projecting forward. Right now, the Thieves look good. Envoy has been good but he hasn't been superstar envoy consistently. So I, I agree with you. I do believe he yep. goes in B. We're not really going to, I might throw some people that we like strongly say are top of a B or like bottom B towards it, but we're not going to like specifically like and deliberately order it in order of best. They're just going to go in their tier. If they're at the top. It doesn't really mean that they're the top of B or if they're at the bottom, it doesn't really mean they're at bottom. We're just throwing them in there. Yeah, they're just in there. Um, our next guy though is Lamar 
accuracy. Uh, I think we got to put our boy. Where where Lamar stands. We like do we Lamar. Him, do we have to put him in C? I'm just looking at all these players. I think we have to default them to for C for now. And it hurts because we are two of the biggest Lamar supporters. You know what? I just said we're not doing it, but I'm putting Lamar at top of C just because we are the biggest. Well, it's kind of a meme at this point, but we're we are big Lamar fans, big Lamar supporters. So mm-hmm. I think he's a fantastic player, but right now he's not playing the best. I believe with the group of players we have, got to be C tier, right? Yeah. Pains me to do it, but we had to do it. We just got All it right. for now. <laughs> Our next player, Brock. Where are you going with this guy? Charlie Hicksy. Ooh. This is, this is an interesting one, actually. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a B-tier player. But in this group? I'm just I thinking, don't know. I would take a lot of these players over him. <laughs> As would I. And it's a weird situation because pure talent and numbers-wise, I'm taking most players, but he does bring a nice intangible. There's a reason his team has been consistently you know, towards the top of the league since he's been subbed in. He does bring some good intangibles to a team. Yeah. But if we're basing it off pure talent, he might be in the C tier. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I think they got put him in C. But I will say he's a very good player. He's one of those players that I for sure, in terms of the entire landscape of the league, I believe he's a B tier player. Mm-hmm. But in this group, I think we do have to put him in C. We have, to get, we have to put six guys down there, like I said. And this is yeah. where we're getting to the point where I'm like, eh, I don't know how many more there are left in C tier, but. Yeah, he just brings a brings a good uh vibe and he fits really well with Toronto. Yeah, good fit. Yeah. Um, next guy up. Uh, I don't think we're gonna have anybody in A tier yet, still, Brock, because the next guy up is Mister Simp, and I think Simp is instantly into S tier with his recent performance. I think he's yep. been incredible over the last little bit here. Uh, I've got to be putting Simp in S tier. Definitely picked it up. I mean. We know he's always got S tier talent, but recently, since since that hotel hard point online when he went forty two and eighteen, the so guy has switch. flipped a new switch, and I think he's an S tier right now. Yep, agree. All right, our next guy, another world champion from Advanced Warfare, Mister Dylan Attach, recently subbed back in. I think we're looking at one of our bottom two tiers here. I know where I believe he belongs, but I'm interested to see if you agree or disagree. So, where you got what? him? Wattach. Yeah. Did get benched, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did get benched. Came back. Uh, I think uh, right now, B. I agree with you. I feel weird putting him in C because he did seem to, you know, help turn the rocker around. They got a little bit more consistently better as he came in. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can approach A at all right now, but... I like what he's given me, and I think he's a very icy player, good leadership. Uh, I like Attach. I agree. I think B he did. Se- he did spot. secure them uh, champs. <laughs> yep, as the he did. He did help, <laughs> um, and he's played, you know, decently well since he he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like him in B tier. I, I feel weird put him down C. Yeah. Um, next player, Mister Austin Slasher. Uh, another player who's he stepped up his game a little bit more as of late. Um, he started, you know, come back a little bit, um, pulling up his stats here on the side. If you just apply it for major five and um, 
stage five, so the online and the land. Slasher is second on Atlanta phase with a 1.15 in stage five online in the tournament, and he had a 1.51 in S&D. Jeez. He's a better KD than Simp and BZ over the last uh, stage here, stage five and um, major five. And if you add in major four and stage four, he does drop to a 1.04 because he had a little bit rougher of a time in stage four. But as of late, which is what we're basing this off, heading into champ, Slasher's been very good. Very yeah. 1.15 is, is extremely good. Holy. So in my opinion, I think we have a case for our first A-tier player since... You know, we've already ranked seven of the 32 players and 10 of the next, um, what, there's 32 players, so 10 of the next 25 players technically have to go into A tier. Mm-hmm. I think there's a case for this guy to go into A for now. We can move him down. I but think... right now, he's a step above Envoy and uh, Attach, in my opinion. He's been playing very well as of late. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And, you know, we're doing this off, you know, recent recent performance, but... He's also been top three at every tournament. Like, mm-hmm. granted, his team is incredible, but he's been playing very well. Um, Brock, we might have to go with another player in C tier at the next guy. This might be a hot take to some of you, but Kremp is up next. And I think of the players we've got here, Kremp has been a C tier player. Yeah. Very talented, but like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a lot of the guys coming up a Shotzi, uh, a Cami, a Pred, a Scrappy, a Dashy. Adraza, a Ghosty, a Hook, Kleenex, Kismet, like all of these guys I'm ranking, no question above him. Mm-hmm. I've got Gremp in C tier. I agree. For now, we put, we put six in C, two more. Mm-hmm. So even if Kremp goes there, we still need two more. Yep. Yeah, I think he's got to go there. I think he's an incredible player, very talented, could easily prove us wrong if they go on a run because the guy could drop numbers. But I mean, as of late, I feel like he hasn't been that good. I'm kind of going to try to pull up his stats here on the side for just major five, but I don't think it's been a great time for him. He's been like, 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 like even maybe. maybe yeah, I mean, I, I think overall in the year I saw he had a point nine six. Um, like we said, maybe more of a B tier player in the the landscape of things, but yeah, on the year he's got a point nine six. His only positive game mode is control. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you apply it to just all of stage five, he was at a point eight eight. He's been struggling, and in the stage five, Beans had a one point one five, Wake had a one point two three. Yeah, so Krebs been really struggling. To me, he's got to go in C tier. Uh, our next guy is Shotzi. I feel like he's a bit of a debate because, like, for most of the year, you said Shotzi's for sure an S tier player, right? Yeah. But now, you know, as of late, it's been a little bit of a struggle. On the year, he goes 1.03. Um, or, excuse me, for stage five and major five, both portions, he goes 1.03 with a 1.4 at S&D. Uh, if you apply that to the entire year, Shotzi ended up with a 1.04 overall. Um, mm-hmm. We know his KD is generally going to be a little bit lower than your other uh, like star SNGs because of the role he's playing. He's just being annoying, getting in your face, kind of like a BZ type role. Where do you think he goes? He's obviously A or S tier. Can't hold the you know the one bad tournament against him because he's been so good. Although, like we were saying, the optics can be the one anomaly here because all these players had a terrible major five. But like, it's really hard to just like with how good they've been over the last two months to you know count one weekend against them because 
you look at the online portion of stage five, Shotzi at a 1.14. Yeah. Man, this what is What do tough. you think? You, I'll, I'll, I'll give the decision up to you. Put him in A or S for now, and we can adjust accordingly. Let's, let's put him in S for now. Okay. I don't hate it because, once again, Optic is one of our, our favorites over the last how long? Um, yeah. And, you know, Shotzi's been a catalyst of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what he does in the map. Yeah. So I don't hate that, but um, I like him going there. And I think his competition has been a little bit lackluster. Uh, a specific guy I have in mind, so when we get to that guy, we'll talk about it. Um, our next guy, though, we might be putting our fifth guy in C tier here. Our next guy out here is Mac. Yeah, he put him there. Very inconsistent. He's in C tier. Yep. Inconsistency. Um, I feel like he's uh, you know, lost his confidence ever since like, Major Four. What did that bomb happen to him? A bomb yep. hotel or B bomb? I mean, <laughs> ever since then, he's kind of just a little, little not confident in himself. He needs to wake up. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, our next guy is Beans, who I personally think is a candidate for C tier as well. But there is, so I'm looking at the rest of the list. I think Beans is a candidate for C tier. There's one player in specific I think he's battling with. I'll be honest, we could finish up C tier right now unless you have an objection. I think it's either Beans or Fame. So, mm-hmm. Beans, the argument Beans has going for him is that looking here at just major five and stage five beans did have a 1.15 which was very heavily reliant on his respawn he had a 0.87 in search Um, whereas fame i know definitely did not have as good of kd numbers and stage five he had a 0.91 overall so pure kd wise he's much lower however team success wise fame did help his team uh, to a much more successful stage People yeah. are probably thinking 1.15. How does Beans end up that low? Shotzi's an ass with a 1.04. Well, um, Shotzi is a much tougher role. I'm okay with Beans in B, but unless you have an objection, I think it has to be Beans or Fame in C tier for doing six players down there. Yeah. Um, I'll let I you say, pick which one. All right. I say let's put Fame in C yeah. and put Beans in B because, you know, his name is Beans. Yeah. B for Beans. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't hate he, it. I, I, yeah. It's tough, though, because I, I feel like we could have had the cutoff after the five players we had, and I'd be okay, because I do like fame, but yeah. Yeah. Fame's been in a tough little role. I mean, they are going to sub, flip-flopping. And to be fair, um, I really like fame. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. biased, because anybody that plays in the CCL, with my history with CCL, I'm always a little bit of a fan of them. Um, I think fame's an incredible player. Putting him in C, I think, is a little bit... Uh, Fair in this case, but I, as like you know, a little precursor here, I do think Fame is uh, an incredible player. Yeah. Um, next guy, Cammy. I think he's got a pretty easy place to go, but I'm curious to hear what you think. Cammy, put a lot, put put a lot better recently. Hmm. What you thinking with him? You thinking he's a uh, B tier? Because that's what I'm thinking. 10A, 10B. I think he's yeah. like very clearly B with the guys that we have coming up. Yeah. I think he's actually, with the guys on this list, I think he's closer to C than he is to A. I'm just looking at these players. Yeah, let's put him in B. Yeah. Um, because our next guy is the guy where my like maybe hot take nature comes in. 
we've got to get six guys in S tier. The next guy is Pred. I think there are three guys left that are head and shoulders above Pred recently that deserve A. I think Pred's competition for S tier is Shotzi. I think mm-hmm. Pred and Shotzi are our sixth and seventh player in whatever order. But I'm going to say there are three players down here that I think 100% we have in place that are above Pred and S tier right now. Pred, body of work this year, incredible. Recently, though, his team success hasn't been close to the three guys we have left to rank. Um, obviously, Shotzi's recent team success hasn't been good, but overall in the year, it's been much better than Pred's. Um, yep. To me, Pred is for sure, obviously, top of A tier, but recently he hasn't been as good. He had the worst KD on his team at the major. Overall, was barely above a one where comparison to like a 1.2 the rest of the year. So I believe I want to put Pred at the top of A, and if you want to put him in S, I think you have to take out Shotzi. No, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I was like, just between those two, it's just kind of just tough. Yeah, because I think the other five are locked and loaded. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, one of them is up next. That's Scrappy. I think Scrappy's locked in S tier. He's been incredible as of late yep. and is a very good player. He's the superstar of a top tier team. Yep. Hotel Reaper. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the difference between him and Pred. He's a superstar of a top tier team, whereas Pred is a superstar of a, a lower tier team. Yep. Pred is an incredible player. You know, I, I would say if he was on a better team, he'd be certainly an S, but his performance has gone a little bit down, as has his teams. Our yeah. next guy is a guy that I believe also belongs in A, and that is Dashy. Yep. That's a good solid for Dashy because he's not S tier. I don't think he's bad enough to be B tier. No, and he's, once again, the Optic guys are like the one anomaly. We keep saying it, but we want to rank them based off basically their stage five performance. So like their recency, a lot of recency bias involved here and how I feel about them. But Optic is the one team that's a bit of an anomaly. It's really hard to just be like, nope. They all played super bad because if we're basing it just off major five for them, it's like, yeah, they're all like C tier players. Yeah. But like, I'm going to go on the limb and say at the end of this tournament, we're not going to be saying dashy Shotzi, who can, uh, and ghost tier C tier players. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like a fluke, like Pred, had, you know, pretty bad. Yeah. Major five and, fluke. <laughs> and we say that it's a fluke for optic. You know, if your argument is that we're ranking Pred in a tier too low because it was one fluke event for him, completely fair. Um, yeah. But just overall in stage five, 1.04 for Pred is just not where we're used to seeing. He was not nearly as good. Um, that's why he's down there. I'm okay with interchanging him for Shotzi if you feel like that, though. But I, I'm also okay with keeping him on our list. Um, yeah. Because team success does lead the way of Shotzi. All right. Next player, Brock. Uh, maybe a controversial one in the scene right now. It's Draza. Ooh. Draza? He's screaming my name in uh, B tier. Think so? Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Draws lands in B. Uh I'm pulling up his stats over stage five. He was the best on Thieves, the 1.03. Granted, it was a very bad stage for Thieves overall. On land, Draza did have a 1.2. Um, and online he had a 0. 0.95. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with Beats here, though. He's been very good, but the inconsistency has kind of played a factor for him. Yeah. Um, He's teetering on A, though, at the, at the right time. He could be another player that, once again, his team could win the event, and we could be like, man, why we put him in B? But yeah, recently he's been good. He was very good on land, but he hasn't been crazy. Has had yeah. a very good S&D split, though. He did have a 1.26 overall, even with their 1-4 online split. Yep. All right, our next guy, to me, I think, joins him. They have a little bit of a rivalry. 
think our next guy joins him right there in B tier. That is Mr. Dan Ghosty. I agree. Yep, I agree. Cannot see him getting put ahead of any of these guys we have in B right now. Yeah. Our next guy, Dan Ghosty's teammate. It is Mr. Kyler Hook, who, you know, just a short time ago might have been A, teetering on S, but he had a rough stage five and major five, to say the least, Brock. You know what he was at in terms of his numbers? I do not know, but... He was at a 0.87 overall, a 0.91 in hardpoint, a 0.75 in S&D, at a 0.86 in control. We take that to just online. He still only had a 0.96. Uh, if we take that to just the major in those two series, he had a 0.62. Yeah, it's we'll been a rough it. going for him. Yeah. Uh, if you sort of by just major five, did he have the lowest overall KD of any player? I wonder. He could have. Um, no, Mac, Vivid, Arcides had worse KDs over the course of stage five than Hook. He has the same he the same KDs accuracy and Asim. Ooh. Yeah. Below guys like Kremp, Yuli, Assault. I think Hook is B right now because of his recent performances, but could make us look very stupid by putting him in B. He could be easily an A. Yeah. I think just based on some of the guys we have left, we put him in B for now, and if we have to move him up, we move him up. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I'm struggling, but, you know, who knows? Could be A tier by the end. Yeah. And a lot of this also, we're, like, saying stats to just give you guys something to reference. I'm going to be honest. I think Brock is the same way. I'm ranking most of these guys right now based on the eye test I've seen recently. Yep. It really doesn't have that much to do with stats. I mostly rank them on eye test. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of eye tests, because stats are not going to f- probably favor him being as high as I want to put him, but that boy Toby Kleenex is up next. Where you got him, Brock? Toby. He doesn't have the best stats, but he's for me, he's an A tier. I fully agree. Uh, yeah, his stats are never going to be crazy, though. He never has crazy numbers. He's always around one. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea as a Shotzi, as an Abizi. Abizi has those random tournaments where he does drop his 1.2s. BO4 champs who drops his 1.3s, which is ridiculous. But there are certain players like a Shotzi, um, like a Kleenex, like an Abizi that are set in pace that are usually going to be around like a 1.05, around that one territory. But their one is so much more impactful than when accuracy is dropping his 1.01. Yeah, the Abizi 1.01, the Kleenex 1.01, or like accuracies are a lot of times around a 0.97, which is what Kleenex is at this stage. But Kleenex's 0.97 is much more impactful, comes with a lot more engagements. I yep. think he's an A tier player as well. He is a huge part of what Toronto does. Yep. It's always like 29, 30, 29, 25. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of um, everything I just said, huge part of their game, high engagements, doing all the right things as a sub. I will die on the hill that this next player is an A tier. That's the Bulldog Kismet. I agree. What he, what he does for Hydra doesn't always show up on a stat sheet. Yeah. I mean, Hydra, Hydra could put up numbers with almost any teammate. At the end of the day, he is Hydra. He is incredible. He's a very good player. Um, but uh, I will say a lot of what Hydra is able to do comes off the back of Kismet being such a selfless player. I think they fit so well together. I think Kismet is an A tier player. Yeah, I agree. Who would have thought though? Kismet. Yeah, I don't know where. Uh, comes back, makes his way back into the CDL, and shout out to him for clutching up and making himself a mainstay CDL player after maybe looking yep. like he wasn't going to make it back after his uh, Legion days. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely right. showed out. Showed out. Yeah. Our next guy, think he lands himself. Well, where do you think he lands himself? Let's see if we agree. Mr. Insight. Oh, Winsight. Hmm. I see. Uh, he's so like, he's like so good, but like then sometimes he'll just have a bad map, but it's like fun. And his impact isn't incredible sometimes. To me, he's in B tier. Oh yeah, I was, I was actually, I was gonna say I put him in B tier because we got S A and a C tier for the <laughs> Toronto. Yeah, just even it out. But yeah, I do think he actually does belong in B tier, though. I think he's a, a very good player, but he just doesn't ever have like those pop off crazy moments to help your team win, like in a flashy way. He's more helping mm-hmm. your team win in the fundamental ways. He's really playing smart, playing his life, guaranteeing one. But he's a B tier player to me. Yeah, he's very like he's a very honest player. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong with that. Um, all right, our next player. He's uh, another very honest player at times. He he lays up some maps where he gets three kills and respawns, and he still wins the event. It's Priesta. Priesta. To me, you see that Priesta, and I just thought of B tier. I couldn't agree more. We're getting a lot of B tier. We're filling up our B tier. We're gonna. We might have to make some adjustments yeah. here soon. But Priesta also goes into B, and that gives us nine players in B. So there's only technically one more player that can go there. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I do see a lot of A and S tier players coming up. Yeah. Um, first one being Octane. I do believe that Octane is an A tier player right now. Yep. He did have a point nine eight overall um, in stage five. It did dip a little bit, but he's been very good as of late. He had a one point two two on LAN. Speaking of that, he had a one point six five in S and D. That has to be Octane's best S and D event in a very long time. Yeah, probably since. Jetpacks. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I was going to say Black Ops 4, but yeah. Yeah, or Black Ops 4. You could be, they weren't great at searching that game, but yeah, you could be right. I like Octane and A, though. I think he belongs in there. I do think he's played very well, and I do think consistency-wise over the last uh, stage or two, he's been a little bit better of a player for Thieves than Drazo or Envoy have. Mm-hmm. It goes above yep. them. Definitely picked it up from the earlier part in the season. Yeah. Um. All right. Our next player... Bance. I have a very interesting take on Bance. I think he's A tier right now. Bancy Kessel? Because I'm looking at at least one player that I believe deserves to be in B tier that we still have coming up. Um, he did have a pretty good stage. Five overall. He, he had an okay major. Um, I like Bance, though. I think Bance was an extreme catalyst as to why we're seeing Minnesota play at champs. Um, across Major 5, he did lead his team with a 1.03. A 1.08 in hardpoint for Bance, turning back the clock there. Mm-hmm. Um, on land, he had a 0.96, a little bit of a dip, but I swear Bance has been incredible lately, and I don't care what anybody says. Our EU listeners are clapping for me right now. They're, they're mm-hmm. saying throw him an A, and I think Bance deserves A tier. Yeah, I think definitely body of work this year. Hook was better. Envoy is better at times, but recently this is what we're basing this off Bance has been a main catalyst for minnesota to make this run to champs i think he's been really good for them like a lot of times in these respawns he's leading the way in the slain department which is a new leaf for Bance. yeah i couldn't fully agree more so eyeball test too from what i see not just yeah that's a big eyeball test one 
Yep. At Foley stats. He's he's also always just he's making the plays. You just you don't you never have to worry about him making the wrong play in the map. You just trust the guy. Yep. All right. Our next guy is Sib. One of the guys that I believe you could put in uh in the B tier. He's been not great lately. Across online and land stage five, he had a point eight nine. And I test wise for him, he just hasn't been the same sib we're used to. Mm-hmm. Kind of like falling off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this guy is an A-tier player, typically an S-tier talent, but I just don't see a word we can put him in the same tier as Pred, because Pred hasn't been himself either, but he's been a little bit above Sib. I think Sib's in the B-tier right now. Yeah. We we, we haven't seen, like, Sib and Pred both get the 1.3s, basically Pred get the 1.3, Sib get, like, the 1.05, 1.1s. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I I agree fully. Um, so that fills out our B tier. That fills out our C tier. It leaves us two spots in S and three in A. We don't have to put everybody that's left in those specific spots. But um, I will say it seems pretty accurate to me. Our next guy is a very clear S tier. That's Hydra. I don't think there's any argument to be made that he's not S tier right now. Likely the MVP of the league as well. Yeah. I'd say let's fill out our easy ones. I think BZ is also our last guy that very easily goes into S tier, our yep. other MVP candidate. Um, and that fills out our S tier with three phase players. Shocker. So our S tier is um, then Hydra, BZ, Simp, Selium, Scrappy, and Shotzi. You got any objections to that? Uh, no, I actually do not. So this is where the controversy comes in, Brock. We've got... Big Wake, who I believe we can put at the bottom of A tier. He has been slaying like crazy. You know, Boston has struggled, but Big Wake has still been putting up like damn near a 1.2. Yeah. Been very good lately. He is a controversial A. I can definitely see a world where you put him B. Now, here's where the controversy comes in. Kenny, numbers-wise, has not been very good lately, especially mm-hmm. online. He did look a little bit better on land, but he has not been great lately. Same with Skies. He's been a little bit here and there. Yeah. So. There's a world where some guys from B could get dragged up to A, but I'm also not completely against putting Kenny in Skies because it is end of the year Kenny. He did look a lot better on land. I still think when I watch his POV, have more faith in him to pop off than a lot of players. Yeah. Where do you think? Are you you looking at anybody in B that you believe should be moved up? Mm. I'm thinking of somebody maybe right now. The only one I kind of see would be if we would do put skies maybe an A, I would maybe switch him out for insight, but I don't really know that then. You're talking the way skies goes to A? Uh, it, yeah, but then we switch him, we would switch him out for insight to go to A. But I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. Okay. You want insight to move up to A? Yeah, if we do put Skies in A. I think you're going to agree with who I'm looking at here. I think that Kenny deserves to stay in B just because he hasn't... And everybody knows, I'm the biggest Kenny fan on Earth, but he had a .92 overall um, in Stage 5, Major 5. Um, if you switch that to just online, he had a, a .83. With what we've mm-hmm. been saying, we're not fully including just stats, but Kenny hasn't been great. I test, he's had some snappy moments, but I think Kenny deserves to go in B. I think Draz has got to move up. Ooh. I'm going to just throw Kenny in there and draw as a spot because, I mean, we're looking at LAT. They obviously struggled, but across the, the two uh, online and land, draws had a 1.03. A 
a 1.26 in search and destroy on just land alone at the major. He had a 1.2, he had a 1.5 in S and D almost a 1.4 in hard point. He was slaying out. Kenny also had a very good land with a 1.15, but Draza's online was a little bit better, and he was the best player on Thieves numbers-wise to split. I, I think we can move Draza up day. People are going to hate that because they hate Draza right now, but... I kind of like I, it. I think we put Kenny in B because that's where he's been recently. We move Draza up to A, and we throw Skies at the bottom of A. I agree, yeah. I kind of just like glossed over Draza when I was looking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easy to do. There's a lot of players in there. You just kind of pan over them, but... I can read our final tier list once again. They're not in like an exact order, but our final list ends up being, for those audio listeners that can't see it, C tier. By default, we have Snoopy. And then joining him, the six players, uh, Snoopy, Mac, Kremp, Hixie, Accuracy, and Fame are 10 players that end up in B tier. Beans, Insight, Sib, Ghosty, Cami, Attach, Priesta, Kenny, Envoy, Hook. Our 10 players that end up in A tier are Skies, Draza, Big Wake, um, Bance, Octane, Kismet, Kleenex, Slasher, Dashy, Red. And then our six players that end up in S tier are Shotzi, Scrappy, Celium, Simp, Abizi, and Hydra. Um, I like the tier list. I think it's pretty good. I think we're in a, a pretty good spot here. Some surprise players. I feel like uh, maybe a mm-hmm. Sib and a Kenny and Envoy surprising players to be in B, but they haven't been great as of late. But by the end of the tournament, we could be saying those guys were S tier players at champs. I feel like those are some of the risers I could see. A guy like Hook yeah. too. If, I, if Optic makes run, I could see Hook really rising up. Yep. I like, I like it. where we're at though. I think it's a good I list. Do. It sure is. Um, All right. That can pretty much be wrapped up unless you have anything else you want to talk about here. No, I think we're good. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Bit of a longer episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know sometimes some of you are all for it. Some of you uh, are like, holy crap, this is a long episode to listen to. But we got talking. We got to do a lot of my favorite things. Talk about champs potential results and talk about a tier list. So two of my favorite things to do. But that's going to do it for this one. Like I said, once again, you can go and listen to the beginning of the video if you want to hear about that. But thank you guys for a thousand subs. It's incredible. I guess our, our next goal becomes the every hundred benchmark comes a 1100 for our next goal then 1200 obviously the next big goal would be 2k um but our next benchmark becomes that 1.1k 1.2k and we uh, we appreciate all the support and you guys helping us get there um so if you enjoyed this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe to help us hit that next goal um if you're on the audio platforms drop a follow drop a five-star review we'll be back at it next week to make our champs predictions finally and see how wrong Brock and I can get our bracket because <laughs> apart from Brock at major four, I haven't made a good bracket this entire year. Brock's really only made the one good bracket at major four. It's been a rough year for our brackets, but this is the one we're finally going to get it right yep. uh, for champs. So thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next week with those predictions.